Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink. Hey, Shyla, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's Monday. It is Monday, like through and through, it's like nobody's Monday, business. I don't Monday like it. Monday. It's Monday in 2020. <laughs> Did you see that meme that's like, you might even have been the one who told me about it, that's like, um, November, December, 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 like 2020 is <laughs> not going to come to an end. It's just like going to keep going. Uh, it's something. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. something. It is something. So what's going on in your world? How are things going at the Karen cupboard? It's it's good. We have a board meeting tonight. So. But our big it's... news of the week, though, is that Palmyra's Great Give is yes. at the end of the week, right? Crazy. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I We're can't believe it's September. We're kind of limping to the finish line here, but it's going to be okay. We are. And yet I have a good feeling. I don't know. Like, I feel like if we can just get in front of people's faces it's hard to get in front of people's faces yeah. though right now it's been like the huge barrier there's just so this. much yeah. people are very understandably distracted yes. like and I keep trying to remind myself that like if we're feeling distracted everybody's feeling distracted oh, yeah. and yeah. yeah it's crazy yeah so hopefully we have a good good turnout uh yeah because it's all just an online event this year so we don't have that that uh component of the community day which you know, we just couldn't plan around. Like, there's well, just no there's world. There's just no way. Yeah. And and in some ways, I just really hope more than anything, I just want to get the message out mm-hmm. that now more than ever, like, we need all of these organizations and nonprofits that work with us for Palmyra's Great Give. For those who don't know what Palmyra's Great Give is, it's um, it's a community uh, online giving day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with our great friends at GiveGab to organize that. Um, and it's an online giving day where different organizations can sign up to accept uh, not only donations, but also peer to peer fundraising and then there's match gifts and all kinds of fun things that happen throughout the day but I think it's really hard for this message of like someday COVID will come to an end and we want our communities to be just as strong as they were before absolutely and a lot of the community organizations haven't stopped they've had to figure out new and innovative ways to continue fulfilling their mission so that's yeah that's the other piece of this Mm -hmm. complicated puzzle is that we haven't stopped doing the things we've now had to bring in very different kinds of ways to manage and you felt that on the theater side oh completely like I'm re-envisioning all around and every organization that we're talking to is doing Mm -hmm. that you know and I can't imagine how youth organizations are feeling across the board I mean I haven't checked in with our friend Bethany at the Phoenix Center lately but I would imagine that that's looking very different and they they haven't even been able to reconstitute because the church wasn't willing and understandably so to have the that Mm -hmm. added component so yeah, they're trying to be figure out ways to be effective in their space. And yeah, right. it's, it's all a challenge. And, and then how do you yeah. fundraise in, on top of like, right, we yeah. need the fundraising. We need f- uh, nonprofit support to exist to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're in all of this where we're trying to, like like you said, re-envision, redo all of these different things. And oh, by the way, let's get a giving day going and try <laughs> to talk to people about this. I yeah. mean, you were so kind to set up a, a we're going to do a Krispy Kreme donut sale. I'm so excited for this Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> sale. I can't even tell you, um, you know, but even... Even that, like figuring out the logistics, it isn't just a matter of handing out an, or, uh, an order form. Right. Like suddenly it, we have to figure out. Yeah. You know? yeah. So the How basic thing of virtual and a real world. Right. So yeah. it's very, very hard. But, yeah. Um, but it's but you know, but it is about continuing to maintain those relationships, right? Yes. And building those pieces. And um, and you have some interesting things. Our guest today has a, a close relationship with you, and yeah. you that relationship benefited um, some of the, your professional world too. Yeah, so absolutely. looking for those. 
opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time, relationships being so key, and you never know where opportunities are going to come from. And so back when Courtney was with Sheets, back in her Sheets days when they were still living in PA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two and a half hours away, Sheets did a vendor uh, like a vendor show um, at the Hershey Lodge, which is right down the street from us, and she contacted me and said, hey, at the end of the day, we throw away like two giant dumpsters worth mm-hmm. of food. Would you be willing to come and rescue it? And so we, the first year, blindly went into this, and it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think we ended up with like 13,000 pounds of food, which that's a lot of food. Huge, it's a lot right. of resources. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it led to an ongoing relationship too. Yeah. And so year after year, I think it was three or four years, we were able to go in and rescue this food because at vendor shows, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. They go, they set up the thing and then they just leave. Like a lot of them don't want to take the stuff back. They mm-hmm. don't want to take the time to do that. And right. you know, that's just kind of the culture we've created. And so it was well, really it's awesome. probably not worth the productivity mm-hmm. time of having the staff members and and returning that. So you do understand it from a business perspective. Totally, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, Courtney, I was so um, impressed and and thankful that she was Mm -hmm. was forward-thinking and saying, wait a second, instead of putting this in the dumpster, what can we do with it? And it yielded, uh, for a couple of summers, all of the snacks that we gave out for our summer lunch Mm -hmm. program came from the Sheets District. That's amazing. Yeah, we called it Pirate Day um, because we would go. You're going to get the booty. (laughs) And we'd have to, like, you know, talk to to everybody and say, hey, we're from this organization. And we all had T-shirts, like, year Mm -hmm. two. One year we rented a moving truck because it was easier to do that than to try to like, because it was really busy at the lodge. Mm -hmm. And so getting all those vehicles would be a challenge. Yeah, the vehicles around and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. So like, it's not only about like making the most of all these opportunities and these relationships, right? I mean, that's definitely, I would say the backbone of so much of what we all do. I mean, I have that happen all the time, even, even if it's like parents of the organization who have connections with people with storage units, you know, Mm -hmm. that's such a huge savings and, and just keeping those opportunities going, but it's also about not burning bridges. You know, like sometimes easier said than done. It is right. But we've all have you ever watched that? Have you ever watched someone in their professional life and they burn it and you're like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. I know you're pissed off, but don't do it. Right. You know, and we have that sit on that email for 48 hours. Yeah. You have this great technique, right? You write your angry email. That's right. So I have a question. When you write your angry email, but you sit on it for 48 hours, do you put the person in the subject in the the two line or do you not put their name in there? Because I don't put their name in there. I'm afraid I'm going to hit send by accident. I actually send it to myself. Oh, you send it to yourself. I email myself. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty genius. Yeah. Hmm. So that way I don't accidentally send it. Because otherwise it would sit in my drafts or something and then I would stupidly go and bumble around and send it out. So that would be bad. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. But but the not burning bridges is is one that I often... there's two pieces of it for me. One, I'm really painfully aware of that. And you know, I really try to see things through other people's eyes. Like I really try to be when someone's going to be in a complete asshat, I like totally try to be like, okay, wait a minute, where are they coming from? Why is this? What if I was in this circumstance kind of piece? Yeah. But I genuinely and sincerely think that people more times than not are not feeling heard whenever they become oh, like yeah. total jerks. And so I try to, to not like, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What do they, what do they really want me to hear from this? And you know, and, that, and also that doesn't mean that you can't, terminate a relationship with something but I think you can do it on more positive 
notes and just say, yeah, it's time. Especially in communities like this, it's mm-hmm. really hard to not, you know, or even being on the other side of that, having to be forced to terminate a relationship mm-hmm. with someone. Right. That's a big challenge. Firing a volunteer. I can't imagine. And I always think is, it's interesting because yeah. you, when you use the term, you're firing a volunteer. <laughs> Maybe that's harsh. Like, no, know. but it's true. Releasing from service. <laughs> but it's true. All of the above, you know, and sometimes you've had some really sticky situations where that's mm-hmm. happened, where you just had to for the better good of the of the well and that's what has to come down it has to come down to that right like for Mm -hmm. me it's less about my personality if it's if it's a personality conflict I can live with that but if it's something where you know you're doing something overtly offensive borderline sexual harassing Mm -hmm. Overtly sexual harassing, like racism, those, things right, that are non-negotiable. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then, then it's time, and and you know, mm-hmm. figuring out the right way to do that because. I still live in this community. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to the grocery store. We were just talking about yeah. that, how, how the mask kind of has been an, an, an advantage. It has, because we can sometimes be like, oh, <laughs> if I go down this aisle and I have a mask on, I will avoid them in aisle three, right? And I yeah. love talking to people, but mm-hmm. there are times when I've got about 0.5 seconds to get in and out of a grocery store and I'm like darting in and out of people. I'm yeah. like, please don't see me, please don't see me. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a real risk you run, right? Absolutely. Releasing somebody from service and, mm-hmm. and doing that be- with a good conscience that you've done for the right reasons. Right. But the other person might not see it that way. And well, and so, the other person might genuinely think that they have something to offer the organization yeah. that they see as a deficit. And, and that's the unfortunate part about that is I don't think people who do something to the point of having to release them from service is, and I kind of love that term. I'm like, that's that's, that's like a refirement. I love that. Like, you know, we have this thing in like corporate world where it's like refirement. Like they're just going to retire and you're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. We know what that meant, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, the, this whole thing of, of trying to release someone from service because it's not good for the organization. Right. For me, that can be really clear cut because it's about students, whether that's the collegiate level or the right. high school level. You can say if this is an unhealthy environment for them or this is, you know, doing that. But it's really the in-between that's harder for me when someone where I'm like, it's just really time that you don't do this or yeah. they're they're getting frustrated with something. And I'm honestly thinking it might not be healthy for them. So I that's been the hardest uh, severing for me is not when I have to release someone from service in the same volunteer way that you would, but saying like, I don't think this is healthy for you. Yeah. Like I, you seem stressed. This isn't yeah. supposed to do that. And mm-hmm. that stress is going to produce into something for the students. And that can't be okay. That right. just cannot be a and, thing. And I've had conversations where, you know, I've talked to people and, and volunteers and I've said, you know, it seems as though you might be burning out and mm-hmm. that's okay. I think it might be time for you to take a step back or maybe we switch you to a different role. Maybe mm-hmm. this is the role that, you know, you've had enough of this and that's okay. Um, but yeah, just having a, enough wherewithal um, and just realizing not everybody comes to life in the same they way, do. right? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody is um, aware. And, and here in the, the Lebanon County area, people are so driven. Like this is mm-hmm. my job. Like people yeah. see Which, the commitment level yes. of volunteers is their job. amazing. Yeah. And you want that and you want to encourage that and you want that to grow. Yeah. But so they feel like mm-hmm. they're letting somebody down, even if they are feeling tired and they don't want to do it anymore, they'll still show up and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not happily. And that's, you know, where that talk toxicity kind of bleeds into the to the work that we do and that that can be the kind of that's where I'll usually yeah. start from it's like okay well it seems like you're really frustrated mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe you need a little bit of time or if that's not what you need then maybe we find something else for you to do and just kind of being aware of that 
It's hard though. It is it's hard. It's hard being younger and, you know, talking mm-hmm. to somebody who's 30 years my elder mm-hmm. and saying, it seems as though maybe this isn't good. And like, you yeah. know, and helping them to, to sincerely mm-hmm. see that, right? I find a lot of times that volunteers have a challenge that they can't leave, they can't leave the volunteering unless it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I have said that, that, really have said it flat out like you can leave and it can still be good and then you can visit us and we can visit you and we can call you for your knowledge or we can you know all these different things and but it's really hard because I think we all want to keep our commitments and no one wants to feel like they let something down especially when organizations need volunteers they need support you know and sometimes I think people like you know it's it's easier to leave if things are bad Mm -hmm. than to say I'm not going to do this anymore like you know just again on, on that level of like not wanting to let people down and not wanting to walk away from a commitment that they've made and that kind of stuff so yeah I don't know it's kind of like um, you know mutually breaking up yeah I like the opposite side there I like the looking for the opportunity mm-hmm. let's find these tinder matches of great yeah. volunteer <laughs> you know let's find these things that's how it should work right you should say how you want to volunteer yeah. uh, what type of support you want to have and then organi- yes and then organizations yeah. can match up that, there might be something mm, there. Hmm. Interesting. Look at that. Yeah. It could be a thing. Because <laughs> in the middle of COVID, let's grab something else. Because, you know, yeah. so there are things in life that are returning to slight normal that keep messing with my brain. Dancing with the Stars starts back tonight. And oh, I'm like, I'm yeah. like, okay, so if they're dancing, I can't wait to see how this goes. And and, and they can perform. Are my, they masking or no? I don't know. I can't mm. wait to see Carol Baskin's on. Oh, I want to see gosh. what she got going. I can't, can't wait. You know my love for pop culture is Listen, out of hand. I think it's hysterical. It's I know. a weirdo culture. That, that it is that a weirdo Tiger culture. King thing, I know. You know. That was like that dominated March, April, May. It did. June. But we've been in COVID <laughs> quarantine so long that it came and it went, right? And yet Joe Exotic is still in prison. So that's still a thing. You know, still but thing. yeah, but Dancing with the Stars goes. Um, you know, pop culture, I love all of it, including all things TikTok. Right. Which, you know, I love and and is a good bit of the world of our yeah. guest today. Who yeah. You were talking about people looking for opportunities and being innovative. Courtney is definitely, uh, she. I think she must always be a step ahead. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was really inspiring to talk with her about that and about how she could take something like TikTok and use it to really be an advocate for um, adoption and misinformation and correcting misinformation. So, yeah. super cool. Yeah, it is awesome. So, yeah, yeah so Courtney is uh, our guest today. Um, we hope you enjoy her, her interview. She's got so much to offer. I feel like she was one of those. I I don't know. We say this about everybody. Like we could talk for hours, hours like. and hours. I know she really she really was heartfelt, honest, um, and and truly someone who I think understands the risk innovation ratio, which was really cool too. You know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there. Oh, um, at one point in the interview, just to give a little foreshadowing, you talked about how she she was a cheerleader back in the day. And I kind of loved it because I was like, you know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there as a, as a woman dancing on TikTok and doing a thing, but all for the common and better good. And so yeah. um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exuding confidence and leadership in, in today's society is not always easy. So I, I not at all. I admire yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. So we hope you enjoy. Hey, Shyla, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you today? I am kind of ecstatic, as you know, because <laughs> I am a bit of a nerd for today's guest um, because, as you know, I love TikTok and I realize that like I'm 40 something years old and spending a lot of my life on TikTok, but I work with young people. Mm-hmm. And so I work with high schoolers and I work excuses. in a college. And yes. so we're going to go with those excuses yes. for that's why. <laughs> um, but I also like um, I learned a lot of, uh, from TikTok. And when you mentioned to me that our guest today, Courtney, is on TikTok. 
TikTok. I was like, what? And then I did my very quick little search, found her, and now I am addicted. So I'm yes. super excited, but not just for TikTok. Let's let's hold that off. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's first. There's a lot to there Courtney. There is yeah. a lot to Courtney. So with that, Courtney, could you give us a little bit of an intro for our clinkers out there in the world that they could um, have a little intro to you? Would you would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Of course. So I am um, a mom in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I have three little ones. Um, two are my biological and one adopted. So that we'll get into with a TikTok. Absolutely. But, um, that kind of mm-hmm. led me into that. But I'm also a businesswoman. So I have degrees from Penn State and Drexel and my master's. And um, basically, I'm a foodie. And so that's always been what I've done. So it's creating food programs, doing recipes, all kinds of things, food. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've done that for 15 plus years and then left doing that in December of this past year, which I know is great timing to create my own company. (laughs) Um, You're like, now, oh, let's have a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It was totally planned. Mm -hmm. Um, I started my own company um, called Collaborate, where I can do that for other people. So hotels, restaurants, things like that. So like I said, food is really my passion, but Mm -hmm. my master's is actually in innovation and creativity. So, I mean, that can go into food or anything. I'm just, you know, always thinking outside the box and doing crazy things like that. So, um, the one other thing that I do is I have a, a company kind of blog type thing called Corky Jane, where um, I do recipes and talk about my adoption and things like that as well. So mm-hmm. um, all across the board, I'm very busy with the kids. And I say you're I a hustler. Really like you're, you're like the definition of like the hustler. And I mean that in the best possible way. Like <laughs> you are so busy, busy with what you do in your professional world, you know, whether that was corporate or now with your own business and doing that and innovating in that way. Um, but also really about hustling to get your message out there in into mm-hmm. the world. And um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's let's dive in. First of all, Shyla has known you for umpteen billion years. Shyla, you must have a burning question <laughs> yeah, you want to start with. I, I mean, I, you have to. No, no? I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, she Courtney is uh, is such a, an exemplary woman and mother and, and lots of things. And so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's well, she's my sister-in-law. So yeah, I, I know. Talk about that. Right? I know <laughs> you did. And it's funny because I, I do in many ways, Courtney, feel like I know you because, you know, like when you when you have your friends and you talk about your family and you talk about your nieces and, your nephew, you know, and all of those things. So I feel like in some way I do know you. And I remember you worked for Sheets for a number of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, Shyla would tell me about all the interesting things that you were doing to innovate there and change how they were they were doing their grab and go stuff and just just all kinds of things. Maybe let's start there. Have yeah. you always been an innovator? Have you always been someone who looked at the world and said, I can change something here. I can do something different. Yeah, I think pretty much everything since I was in even elementary school, I mean, they'd say do this project and I'd say, well, how about I do 10 other things on top of just writing a paper and the <laughs> teacher would be like, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. But that wasn't the project. I feel um, your pain. So, yeah. yeah. So it's always going kind of above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, especially with the whole food thing. I mean, I was doing that since I was little where I would get random things from the pantry and make food. And my parents were definitely not foodies. And I'd be like, how about we put this and this and this together? And they're like, that's weird. And then they try it and they're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's kind of just always been the way that my brain works. So taking that risk and and be, it, I have it. Shyla's heard me talk about this a million times. And so have our listeners that, you know, risk and innovation go together. Like if you're afraid mm-hmm. of risk, you, you can't innovate. And that's tough for a time right now. It, it's really tough because 
because we want to be innovators. But in the time of the pandemic, with all innovation, you have this risk and we're all so risk averse mm-hmm. right now. Right. You opened right. Your, your own business, decided to do your, your own deal here in December, which, like you said, is interesting <laughs> timing. But I have a feeling that you kind of thought about risk in general. Like, how did you weigh mm-hmm. the risk to innovation in making some of those decisions? Yeah, so I mean, beforehand, just because I'm a planner too, I made sure, you know, I had mm-hmm. more than enough money where if it, something happened and it crashed and burned, I was good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of innovation. I mean, you can right. be a risk taker, but, you know, you a calculated have a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also with this, even though most of my background's been in C stores, it was, well, I'm not just going to focus on C stores. It's going to be who else has food that's, you know, grab and go or things like I've done. Mm-hmm. So focusing on hotels and schools and, you know, going outside of the box in that regard as well. So mm-hmm. um, just making sure that it wasn't, you know, oh, I'm just in this little box of convenience. I can really do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And during this time, as it set you up, they, they need innovators right now. And quite honestly, schools and hotels and resorts and all those places don't have the bandwidth to right. handle that innovation on their own right now. Are you finding some opportunity at this time? Like, are you finding that that might actually help give you an in? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are scared out there. So a lot of them are asking a lot of questions, but not quite ready to hire, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of people that um, technology was a huge part of it, which it's weird. Whenever you think of innovation or you look up even innovation jobs, almost all of them deal with technology. Mm -hmm. And that's not me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know about technology, but that's kind of um, most people think about but with everything that's been going on with food, the biggest opportunity for innovation really is um, technology. So, you know, it's the uh, ordering without having to, you know, touch people and, you know, touch money and just all the different things you normally touch is how can you make it more technology based? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how that's kind of been happening because I luckily have experience, you know, with working with DoorDash and online platforms. And as you mentioned at Sheath, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really touch more than you touch those touch screens, but right. now you can now use the, your, the app on your phone and that kind of thing. So, um, having that experience is really where people are asking the most questions is, you know, how do I do an app? How do I do all the stuff? But expedite it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think that being a woman in food service is an advantage, a disadvantage or a mixture? I guess it's probably a mixture. But what are what are some of those points the the advantages and disadvantages? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, I'd say it's a little bit of a mixture. Um, if you're talking about just making up recipes, people think that you're great. I mean, it's kind of a good old boys <laughs> club, sadly, mm-hmm. for convenience and QSRs and restaurants for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're making up recipes, it's, oh yeah, you know, it's like my grandma makes recipes. So mm-hmm. they can kind of make that connection. But whenever you're at a director level or a VP level, which I was at, mm-hmm. um, whatever guy I was with, normally they would address them instead of myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to buy products and my husband standing next to me, they would be talking to him and he would just walk away because he's not in an industry. Mm-hmm. He just happened to be, you know, at a trade show with me. So it's still, I mean, a good 10, 20 years behind mm-hmm. other industries on understanding, oh, females can actually do this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Courtney, you're, yeah. you're a bit of a force. I suspect that your reaction to that was not awesome. You know, so uh, how, how did you handle that? Yeah, so I'm a very direct person. Um, that's the one thing that now that I've been in the Midwest for four years, people are still like, are you from Jersey? And I'm like, well, no, I'm from the East Coast, but thank you. They're I like, take you that talk as a compliment. To- thank you. Right, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, you talk too fast and you're too direct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would just tell them, you know, I'm the person you want to talk to. And mm-hmm. if you're not interested, then that's fine. And they kind of look at me confused. And sometimes I would just walk away. Um, but then there's some companies like, um, we'll just say a big name yogurt company at one point that said, you know, we won't sell to you and we don't plan on being in C stores. And, and I walked away from them and then I went and called their boss and their boss is like, oh, no, <laughs> they messed up. I'm sorry. We do want to sell to you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I want to get something done, I don't really take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of do whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. it's scrappy. It's good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think there's some element of resiliency that you have to have in order to be higher level. And we talk about this sometimes, Jasmine, mm-hmm. where like in lower level, you didn't feel the sexism and you didn't Absolutely. feel the, the mm-hmm. pressures of being a woman. And, and but as you as you promote in in your field or, you know, get higher jobs or or, or managing people are expected to do things, you start to feel that pressure a little bit more. And, and I suspect that as you've gone along in your jobs, you've you've had different experiences with that, which is frustrating, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of a challenge, right? Well, and I think it's, yeah. A, yeah, and I think it's a combination of things too. Yeah, I think it's it's as you move up the, the leadership levels, I think you become mm-hmm. a little bit more, in, in general, competition for things changes and awareness of what you're doing and the decisions you're making, you know, it changes. But I think also we excuse a lot as women when we're younger and in in the workplace mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. doing our dues, it's putting in our time, it's you know, you know, and those things are Proving important. Ourselves. And those things are important. We do yeah. have to do all those things. None of, I think the three of us would totally say, you know, if you're <laughs> gonna be a woman in leadership, you're gonna have to do all of right. those things. Yeah. But then you start to look around and you start to see, well, wait a minute, there might be an inequity here of where these gentlemen around me have gotten, mm-hmm. you know, and and so um so I find myself saying no to things at this point in my career, not because I don't want to continue to, to be a team player or things, but because I'm like, no, there's other people who can do that. And it can be someone without a vagina. Right. I'm just saying, it's, it's, yeah. like, you know, and, and it, not to be cross, taking but no, notes, it's, taking and, notes in a meeting I, yeah. who, always, who always gets the job of taking notes. Oh, Courtney, can Mm-mm. you take the notes? Nope. I'm like you're the only woman here. So yeah, no, see, that's I, where it comes in handy. I say that my handwriting is like a two year old little boy. It's like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it is so bad. I should have been a doctor. So they don't ask me to take notes, Absolutely. but no, it's funny that you say that though. Um, I actually had a board position that somebody contacted me and they said, hey, they're looking for a female who's worked in the convenience industry for 10 plus years, who's done coffee, everything from coffee roasting to, you know, packaging, everything. And in my mind, I'm thinking there's literally not another female I know who's done that for Mm -hmm. a chain of even like any size, like. Like, great. So I had a great interview, hour and a half long, and then found out later, oh, yeah, no, they decided to go with a guy. Mm-hmm. But they had said, like, we wanted, they were looking for a female because they said, we have no females on was, our board. It was the veil. Can we like, please we get we it? Have, yeah, we, we know we're veil. having trouble yeah. with this, and we want to, We need to, to diversify but... a little, but really, we're just comfortable with this. And I struggle yeah. with that because while I appreciate the conscious decision to diversify, like, you're really telling me yeah. there's no woman. Like, when someone's like, well, we have a really hard time finding a woman or someone of, of color or something. And I'm like, really? Because then I don't think you're looking hard enough because there are people, right. they are there, you yeah. know, you just, you need to, and you also need to create an environment where people want to work with that. You need to create a board environment where, where it attracts people who want to work with you. Cause that's the other piece of that. So, right. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. So I can't help but notice, Courtney, that you are working from your car right now because you were like, <laughs> I will get some peace, quiet. You said you have three children. Yes. Uh, tell yes. me tell me a little bit yes. about their ages and, and you know, uh, tell me a little bit about your kids. 
Yeah, so they are 10, 8, and 2. So the boy is 10, and he Mm -hmm. is the quiet, reserved, sensitive one, um, but, you know, does all the sports and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then my daughter, who's 8, acts like she's 13 or 16. She's a fashionista, which I don't know where she got that from (laughs) because I am not a fashionista Mm -hmm. at all. Um, And then my two-year-old is um, the one that is actually adopted and she is the light of our life Mm -hmm. and just a gift. It was a long journey to get her, but she was definitely, you know, they say when Mm -hmm. it's meant to be, it's meant to be like, there was a reason that it took that long because she's She's, the, She's one. the one that was meant to be for us. Mm-hmm. That's, That's wonderful. Amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. And you really have quite a passion for talking about your adoption journey, right? So you know, yes. I get the feeling you're a person who does like to share their story, and that's awesome. <laughs> you know, what what me what makes you feel so passionate about sharing your adoption story? Yeah, so I think a big part of it is whenever we first started talking about adoption, those super close to us were like, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But then there were so many other people who were like, why would you do that? Like, why would you be comfortable with somebody else's child? Like, you don't know, like, Mm -hmm. what could be wrong with them? And why would you want the mom and dad to have access to them? If they only knew what was wrong with me, right? (laughs) I I know. Yeah, yeah, so Mm -hmm. just realizing how much education there was that people just didn't understand. And for me, um, after I had my last child, I literally can't have any. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are like, oh, I was called to it, you know, and this and that. It's like, selfishly, I just, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So, um, after doing a lot of research, you know, decided to do adoption. But, um, yeah, like I said, even going to our doctors and things like that, the amount of people that don't understand all the different parts of adoption and Mm -hmm. how it can be good. And yes, Mm -hmm. you know, there can be bad to it, but, um, it made me really passionate about sharing my story to as many people as possible, yeah, whether they awesome. wanted to hear it or not. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a little walking mm-hmm. the walk, right? Like we talk about how we want, you know, people to, to have pregnancies and, and to carry babies and, and to have them and to be brought up in meaningful homes. But there are sometimes when parents can't do that. And there are mm-hmm. lots of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And you, you highlight that on your TikTok, which you do. Jasmine <laughs> is dying to talk about. Well, so I am because, okay. So the nerdy geek 12 year old that's stuck in my body, cause I, I watch, you know, a television and TV and whatever else for the youngins. But still, the, there's a piece of me that's like, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to you, watching what you're doing. But I have to tell you, when Shyla <laughs> said, oh, you know, my sister-in-law, Courtney, and, and like I said, I, I knew you were a leader in industry. I, I know about your corporate background. I knew that you had started your own business. Like, we've talked about, like, what a strong leader you are. And when she said that and you were, that you were talking about your adoption journey on TikTok, I think I pictured in my mind that you were sort of like, give it a little mini lecture kind of thing in your 60 seconds. You take oh. a really... <laughs> But you take a, a really smart, really fantastic approach. First of all, you have like over 15,000 followers or something like that, I think, right? Mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's which is which is yeah. such, so cool in TikTok land. But you take the approach that like you you really understand the medium of TikTok. You mm-hmm. dance the dances and then along the way, the facts and the stuff, you answer questions. It's you know, that cheerleader in her. Were oh, you a cheerleader? I was. I was a cheerleader. Yeah. Oh, Even competition. You were, oh. <laughs> you were a great dancer. Yeah. Great. Well, I love it. And, it. and it makes sense. But talk about bringing all of your talents and resources together. Because truly, you're, you know, it, it isn't like a, here's a mom with an adopt, you know, adopted child who's talking about these things. 
and not that I don't love those TikTok channels, but you really are a person who knows your audience and knows what you're doing. And the amount of time that you take to like learn the dances, do the thing, incorporate <laughs> it in a really great way. So sometimes it might be that someone has asked a question that they're kind of off their nut sometimes and they ask her stupid mm-hmm. ass shit. I'm not going to lie. OK, or sometimes yeah. it's a misconception. <laughs> but I think so what <laughs> that's a long way to get to my question. What <laughs> brought you to that route? Because I think it was really brilliantly strategic. And so what brought you to that route of of deciding that that's how you wanted to go with the direction you wanted to go with your TikTok channel? Yeah. So originally I thought that I would do it to promote my food business, mm-hmm. funny enough. So if you look at like the first, well, the first one, I honestly was lip syncing to a thing about poop. So we'll <laughs> just forget about that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then the mm-hmm. second one I even do where I'm like dancing, but I have spatulas and stuff in my hand. So I was really like, no, I'm going to go the food route. Mm-hmm. And people will start asking. Yeah, those were horrible. So then the one day I'm like, you know what? I Maybe I'll just do one about adoption and see, you know, if anyone likes that, because then that can send into my blog and they can see mm-hmm. the other food things that I do. Right. And that one, like, it just went to like, you know, a thousand, then 5,000. I'm like, wait, is this what viral is? And then mm-hmm. I think within two days, it went to 800,000 people had wow. viewed it. And it was literally me just there lip syncing no, but like to different things. It was like, like things you know, that weren't true. You, yeah. Misconceptions yeah, was, and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, you know, would you ever let your um, child meet their birth mom? I was like, yes. And mm-hmm. like, so super simple. And I think it took me less than 10 minutes. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's something to think about. And then I did more um, of other genres if you will and they all flopped and did horrible even though I laughed looking at them (laughs) so as I did more and more adoption ones you know I had a lot of people that were watching them and then a lot of people commenting who you know were birth moms and stuff who were saying hey you know like I'm actually feeling seen like not many people know but hey I'm one Mm -hmm. and like there's a lot of birth moms who don't want to tell people because most Mm -hmm. people a lot of people look down on them mm-hmm. or assume things or judge mm-hmm. things. They're like, I love that you're making it seem like a positive thing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and same thing for adoptees. So I had so many people reaching out who were like, thank you for doing this and educating people because yeah, I'm sick of people asking me that question. Thank- yeah. Like hopefully they'll actually listen. So then that just kind of drove me to, you know, like I'm making up all these lists of things and, you know, I have pages and pages of notes of things that I can still cover and it's only just scratching the surface. Yeah, I mean, I definitely every day, you know, in, in my follow following piece and you come up and I this is not going away like this for you. You can tell you have a really clear message. You have a clear audience of what you're doing. And and I find it so incredibly interesting. I learn something from it like every day. And and so we can joke <laughs> about the fact that I'm on TikTok too much. But it's also like I came across ADHD TikTok, oh, which, boy. you know, for me, um, it's definitely oh, mixed messages for me because it's feeding my ADHD but it's also <laughs> teaching me so much so but no truly um so the part that I you know since you are truly my first TikToker that we're interviewing um how do you deal with people's comments like do you read mm-hmm. them all do you not read them what do you do with that yes so um I do read almost all of them just because I mean they still trickle in so slowly like some people will post five TikToks in a day and get thousands to each one mm-hmm. like if I get a hundred in a day um that's you know that's mm-hmm. a lot so I still take the time to look at them and respond when I can I do occasionally get some that are very off color and there's a few that I'll delete if it's just downright offensive mm-hmm. um, but on TikTok it's pretty good but what I found um, actually that happened this week is some people found me on TikTok and then went to my blog and found my uh, business page mm-hmm. and decided to start attacking my business page oh. so 
started commenting there. Because you're a brand um, now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you go to my business page, though, it's like, here's how you make Rice Krispie treats. And here's like how we did our garden. And then, you know, adoption sprinkled in. So anyone who's following that page mm-hmm. is kind of like, wait, what, what are these people talking about? Because I mean, <laughs> these people are just off their rocker with what they're talking about. So um, this past week, I feel famous for real, because I've probably had to ban 50 people from my page and delete it. And I'm like, this is why people have people to do this. That's so they right. don't you have to read yeah. these crazy <laughs> comments, because some of the comments, even though you know, they're people that are hurting mm-hmm. and not coming from a normal place it's crazy and it does hurt to read a lot of it but um at first you know I was like should I stop and then of course with my personality I'm like nope I'm actually just going to do a TikTok to kind of mock them because Mm -hmm. I'm not stopping and all you did was give me more fuel to educate people because like obviously there needs to be more education yeah absolutely I mean and, and that's that's you know a good thing here like what do you think if you if you had this forum to tell people like the top couple of misconceptions about adoption what are those top misconceptions? Um, probably one would be that every kid that's adopted, it feels bad that they're adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy how many people think that um, when there's so many who are like, no, like, I'm so grateful. Whether they have a relationship with their birth parents or not, um, they feel very mm-hmm. grateful that they have the, this opportunity. Um, another one would be that all adoption agencies are just out to be money hungry and take your money for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. You had an interesting post yeah. the other day that was about people saying, like, you must be rich if you can afford it. And I love this one because you were like, you had this thing because I'm such a big fundraiser and, you know, and, and we right. talked about like, and you had this thing and it was like all of this pile of like the fundraisings and things and and not that those mm-hmm. things are easy or not that that it is not a, right. quite a journey financially, but you know, I think it got to that point of like how much judgment we can't have for each other. And yeah. it, like, oh, you bought, I think you started it with like, you bought your baby and you're like, let me tell you about how this yeah. journey went. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and it's often yeah. a misconception in social service world that like mm-hmm. things are free. Right. Like we, I encounter that all the time. Like, oh, well, I'm only giving you money for food and earmark gifts are great. And, and please, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the point of it. But I also have an electric bill that runs between four right. and seven hundred dollars a month to be able mm-hmm. to keep our business going, you know, our, right. our, the, the the pantry going so like that misconception that like it it takes people to be able to vet and organize mm-hmm. and and make all of that happen like you're not just going to go out right. on craigslist and look for a birth mom like that's not right. how it works right like, no right not, probably yeah. not successfully going to work out well that way very Seems true like yeah. a little little yeah. risky yeah so it, that, that is a big misconception just across the social service platform of mm-hmm. like oh well i mean you have volunteers for that right mm-hmm. okay yes but Yes. Yeah. Right. Now, I think I think what what excited me so much about your TikTok and and it really was like Shyla said that I typed it into my phone. I came home and was watching was was because I do love this idea of because I I do see social media as such an educational piece and it really is. But you are Mm -hmm. having a good time and your passion comes through so clearly um, and I suspect in all the things that you innovate in your life and and, you know, is that way. And so um, have you always been a passionate person? Have you always been someone who like went to life with gusto of passion? <laughs> I, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, it's the cheerleader in me. So mm-hmm. it just, yeah. I get you. I and, feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the younger sister as well. And my older sister, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, the younger sister gets everything. My older sister was, you know, like one of the smartest in her class and, you know, one of the states for running. And, you know, she was like 
this upper echelon. So whenever I went anywhere, it was like, oh, so you're a Christie sister. Mm. And so I'd be like, ah, yeah, I, watch me go. So <laughs> everything was like just that much more passion because like I'm going to show you like I can be as good or at least try to be. Yeah. She's still faster. <laughs> ah, that's funny. So Courtney, tell me, where, where do you see TikTok going here? Where do you see this journey you've on? Like how long have you been doing TikTok? So I started right before um, Corona hit. Mm -hmm. It's just something fun to do. And then once I had all the free time at home (laughs) with the kids to go crazy, Mm -hmm. um, it really picked up. So only since March, but um, I'd say probably since July is whenever I started going really gung ho with the adoption message, Mm -hmm. you know, with the at least two videos a day. Okay. Okay. Not that much time. No, it's it's really quite amazing. And and I'll tell you, for somebody who came in watching, you know, like I I was like, she has a plan and a strategy and knows her audience (laughs) and you know, like all the things I wish I had for any part of my life. I don't, I don't know. Kind of. (laughs) Um. And so, so do you do you look at it that way? Like, where do you see this TikTok journey kind of going for you? Like, do you do you think you're going to keep sort of refining that, or or I'm sure I I have a feeling you're thinking ahead some. What's what's your plan here? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely hope that TikTok sticks around and Mm -hmm. I think that it will for a while. Um, But I think as it continues to build, I can hopefully go out a little bit more from just adoption and just into family Mm -hmm. in general, because that's kind of what a lot of my blog is about, too, with, you know, just like, no, you can't eat healthy as a family and things like that. So still keep it very family focused, Mm -hmm. but with adoption being the main part. But I mean, I, I think... Instagram's been saturated and people say that LinkedIn hasn't been saturated yet, but it kind of has been now with the coronavirus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But this is one place where the actual education and spreading of information is still in its infancy, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it'll just grow exponentially from here on out as long as I can keep finding enough dances. So like if I break my leg, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have faith Um, in you. You're good. You're real good. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I like it. I like it. Kind of in the same vein, um, Mm -hmm. the the future of food service and like what are the obstacles in food service land right now and and where do you see that going and and how were you planning with your business to kind of, you know, project and and predict the the changes and, and what's coming next? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest obstacle is still, um, I mean, it depends state by state, but it's getting the food to the customers that want it. So uh, the technology part that I referenced, but a lot of it is the delivery um, and then also drive through. Mm-hmm. So if you think about how many restaurants had to have the curbside delivery um, and I mean, Chick-fil-A is still, I think, doing only drive through. I think we're going to start seeing um people have, need to have a drive through mm-hmm. to be considered relevant because also mm-hmm. there's all the moms who have been screaming for years like, hey, I'm not bringing my kids in. Right. So if you don't Preach. have a drive through, yes. so now they can finally see, oh, you were being serious. Like you actually will come to me if I can drive through mm-hmm. and you don't get your kids out of the car. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's one of the biggest obstacles. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Yeah. It's fascinating yeah. because I, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, things are closing so much earlier now Mm -hmm. and like at what point will things go like reconstitute back or will it be like everybody's just like well this is kind of working so we're going to do this I can pay people for less hours and maybe we don't have to be 24 7 I know I think it's 1992 again yeah and then at some point will the pendulum swing back that it's like I'm going to be innovative and I'm going to be open 24 hours a day again and like you know I I feel like we've had kind of a reset it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to see how industries respond kind of accordingly but you're right because I've really kind of 
of thought it was kind of funny some of the the to-go options we've had. You know, the curbside to-go, sometimes it legit is the curb. Like, you pull yes. up to the curb and your food right. is at the curb. Sometimes it's a janky table that's sitting there, you know, and it's sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been really interesting to see. Um, we were having a conversation today about DoorDash and the places that were like, oh, yeah, DoorDash from there because you'll get it quick and it'll be hot. Don't DoorDash from here because it's like they're going <laughs> to always be missing half your stuff. Like, there's right. such a quality control piece there. And you're right. It may be if the operations are looking at a more holistic way of delivery and not a you all have to come into us all the time. Yeah. And it, quite honestly, right. it might help some of their operations costs, too. Right. If we get to a point where you don't have to have so much operations going inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It's when, interesting. When they can actually figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's interesting, like the idea of like, do we have to have a plan to be able to pivot backward? And so like this is creating I know for me, mm-hmm. it's creating a, a, a reality of like, how do I pandemic plan in the future now? Yeah. God forbid this happens again. Like, you know, it hasn't happened in a very long time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, now it's kind of on your on the, on our forefront, right? Like we now have to think about like I'm not being a good steward to my organization if I haven't thought about what happens mm-hmm. if this happens again or if in 6 months we have or another something complete else, lockdown right? and we have to p- pivot backward. Can I do that as nimbly as I did before or better or you know that kind of thing? And so. it it becomes less about right. the why. It's not about the why. The pandemic was the why. It's right. the how. How it's do I how, bring no. how do I get yeah. Food to people who can't all be together in the same way. How do I get mm-hmm. pe- food to individuals instead of thinking of them just as customers all as one big group, right? Yeah. You know, um, right. And, and I'm I'm battling with that in in the theater education level. You know, I was talking with my mother in law today, and she was like, "Well, are you just not going to have something this year?" And I said, "I have students going off to school for theater, regardless. I still have an obligation to deliver to them this. Like, I would never not yeah. provide that do education something. to students. They they have I have to figure out the best way to do that because I won't accept." a world where oh this kid who's going to have a future and this just doesn't get that opportunity right that's not you know and I understood she was trying to say it of a like you know in a nice way like oh is it just not going to be and I'm like nope nope if we're not supplying it in the school and we're not supplying it then we have to figure out how we're going to do this you know and and you're in the same boat of of not the why doesn't matter right all of us are kind Mm -hmm. of feeling that but Mm -hmm. industry specific right absolutely where where are you and and what does that look like so Mm -hmm. Courtney it's been so wonderful talking to you this has been really great we cap all of our interviews with three questions, mm-hmm. which I know I primed you a little for, so I was like, just in case, yeah, so uh, Jasmine kicks it off with our first question. I do, and you you have some background in this, so I'm excited to hear. Um, what What is your favorite coffee beverage? What's your go-to? So it's honestly just plain coffee with uh, vanilla unsweetened almond milk mm-hmm. and Splenda. Okay, so, that's I mean, pretty... it's boring, but, but I had like 10 a day. But yeah. specific, you know what you like. I, I'm, all, I'm down for that. Yeah. Absolutely. So Shiloh represents the booze in this relationship. I'm sure you're absolutely shocked and surprised. <laughs> and so she has question number two here. Yeah. So what's your favorite adult beverage cocktail drink if you're going out? So or it is a... In? Yeah, it is a spicy jalapeno margarita. Oh, oh. yums. Can you yeah. get that everywhere? You probably can't get that everywhere. Uh, not everywhere. So I was introduced to it in um, Arizona a couple years ago when I was on a trip. Okay. And now I see it every once in a while, but I know how to make them at home now, yes. which is dangerous. Perfect. But I actually yeah. knew some places. Rosemary had one last week. Really? And so, yeah, so we'll have to. Yeah. And she loved it. She said it was really yummy. Huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it So it's like. It, does it have sweet or is it just like burn pretty much? Um, there's a little bit of sweet, but normally um, like a lot of people will put the jalapenos in with the tequila. So it actually infuses the spice mm-hmm. into the tequila. So you still have the other sweet aspects, but just kind of like 
Yeah. Kicks you at the end. I was going to say, is it, is it on the back end you get yeah. the burn? Okay. But, not, but it's yeah. not like a harsh burn. It's yeah. like a little single. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. Hmm. yeah. I think I might like this. I know. I, I think we're going to. Yeah. All right. We're going to do. We're yes. going to get this. Maybe you'll share your recipe with us. We could post it for our listeners and they we could all have a little a little beverage party. It'd yeah. Be good stuff. There you go. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. So our last question is our favorite question. It we, is. We end every, every episode with this. And uh, that is, uh, Courtney, what is your passion or passions? Because I feel like she, she kind of told me. We, we, <laughs> I she, love it. She texted me and said, do I have to pick just no. one? And I was like, no. We are women of no limits. Come Lay on down. Now. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, my passions are really food and family and the family is so broad where, I mean, it's what does a family look like and it's might not even be blood and it might not even be, you know, people who live in the same house, but Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, what is family and how can you be happier and healthier and more accepting as a whole? Um, And then, yeah, the food thing, I mean, anything food, how can you try more food, make more food um, and get that onto the marketplace? So Mm -hmm. those are my biggest passions for sure. Um, And I guess I should probably mention running too, because I eat all the food. So (laughs) running is another passion as well. Which is awesome. That's self-care, right? I was going to say, is that part of your (laughs) self-care regimen? Are you good with the self-care? Are you good at that? We'll say yes, because I try. Um, I I think if I didn't try to do self-care, I can't even imagine what I would mm-hmm. be like. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I try to do at least 100 miles a month. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, even if it's inside on the treadmill, because with the three littles at home, it's sometimes hard. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not always about the health. It's just about the, I need my me time mm-hmm. and feeling the endorphins going and feeling human again. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, it's interesting you you bring up the concept of family. And, you know, I, I feel like in this time, we've had to really position ourselves. You know, I, I don't know what Indiana looks like. Um, you know, you're kind of it, it, far away from us. Um, but, you know, for us here, we've really had to be locked down and then we kind of had some restrictions lifted but we're it's really not we're not functioning at 100 percent. we're maybe at 50 ish percent um so we've really yeah. had to identify family mm-hmm. and like right we call it a pod like we have a group of people yep. that yeah. we hang out with and we've 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 had more themed parties than any adult ever should but ever it's, should. <laughs> it's like we're living all of our themed birthday parties in covid time like yes. it's kind of funny but, but i think it's that idea of building the family around you like you yeah. said family is defined right. in so many ways and what, you know, family at the end of the day supports you, inspires you, challenges you, um, helps you take those Mm -hmm. risks, helps you find that innovation that you need and and brings you to life. And in a world of like cancel Mm -hmm. culture and where there's like just the general acceptance and all of these things, like there's definitely a home that we Mm -hmm. have found in our little pod. And so it's, it's cool when you can find those people. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's important to you. So that's absolutely. And in the meantime, I will take up my COVID time by watching you on TikTok and liking (laughs) and and all of this, But but in all seriousness, it's been quite educational and been great and to see you as an innovator and to abuse your creativity to find a way to speak to people is really in- inspiring so um so thank yeah, you it's thank been you. a delight to yes. talk with you today so yeah thank you. i loved it thank, thank you guys you so much. <laughs> all right thanks for listening i'm shyla and i'm jasmine and we're thriving in a small town it's caffeine and jasmine and drunk shyla